live from Naples. This is the morning break with Jay Ritter. Morning, everyone. Today is the 10th of August, International Lazy Day. So I hope you're flopping around on a beach, on a sofa, enjoying some time out. This morning, I'm chatting to Claire Haywood, known as Canva Girl, but there's much more to that her than that. Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And a very good morning to you all. I hope you're having a nice, relaxing, lazy day. It's also Duran Duran Appreciation Day, which um, I can appreciate. It's also World Lion Day and National S'mores Day. S'mores are curious things, aren't they? Biscuits with chocolate and roasted marshmallows, if I'm not mistaken. If we have any um, any S'mores fans listening, please do let us know. Hello, Emma. Hello, Elham. Hope you're both well. Welcome to the show. As I said, this morning I am talking to Claire Haywood. Claire is a freelance teacher training expert and she specializes in mentoring new teachers and she really enjoys using digital tools like Canva. She's taught for over or almost 20 years and has had roles in various organizations. Uh, She spent the last 12 years in Scotland but I'll let her tell you about that. She's very passionate about digital learning walking her dogs and occasional yoga, which sounds quite a lot like me, actually. We do have a lot in common. Um, The emphasis on walking the dogs and occasional yoga. (laughs) I am up. Okay, so uh, just to let you know, this was actually pre-recorded because Claire, busy as she is, is teaching this morning and may join us towards the end, um, but she may not. So let's get started and welcome Claire. And good morning, Claire. How are you? Hi. Hi, Jane. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, lovely to have you here. How are things in Scotland? What's the weather like today? It was sunny this morning and now it's clouded over, but it's quite warm, so it's good. Yeah, I am a bit envious. I can see you in a in a in a cardigan. Um, I haven't seen one of them for a, a number of months down here. <laughs> yes, it's warm for Scotland, but I know in comparison to other places, it's um, not quite as hot. And you're, yeah. you've got it hot over there just now, right? Absolutely. Yes, it doesn't seem to be disappearing fast, but you know, we just have to pray for rain here. Claire, um, you are a teacher and a teacher trainer. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about your journey? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been a number of years. It's almost 20 years um, of teaching and training. And like a lot of my colleagues and friends in the sector, uh, you sort of start teaching um, abroad often, or you might start teaching uh, privately or one-to-ones perhaps before you do your CELTA so I was doing some one-to-ones when I was abroad a long time ago um, then I took my CELTA like a lot of us you do your initial teacher training qualification those four weeks of intense uh, learning um, and gained the CELTA and was able to um, get a job pretty quickly um, that's a, it's a good recognized qualification and uh, in my hometown I started teaching first of all to groups so my hometown is Bournemouth on the south of England so okay. quite quite far away from where <laughs> I am now uh, geographically and uh, I secured a job in a great school that was near the beach 
and we had um, brilliant number of, of international students, like really varied nationalities, which was which was lovely for the first summer I started teaching and varied ages as well. So oh, adults. But um, I think that's what I love about the, the job that we do is this variety and the diversity of of our students and you know, there's some that you keep in touch with um, over a you know, long period of time. And mm -hmm. that just, you know, shows the value that we have in this type of work. Um, so I was working in a school near the beach and um, developed sort of skills there. When you first start teaching, you know, developing your skills of classroom management, um, looking at the materials, choosing the materials, planning your lessons. Um, a lot of it was on very paper-based back then, um, like a lot of us, I should imagine. Um, but it was a good start. It was a busy school, so you had lots of opportunities there um, and a great teaching team as well, some of whom I'm still friendly with. Uh, so it was a good place to start, but they couldn't offer um, work during the winter, so I had to um, find mm. another type of teaching job. And so I chose to go abroad and I moved to Greece and taught in a school of well a couple of different schools actually but children so it was good to get um, experience of teaching juniors so they were aged seven till uh, 15 and uh, so, and a mixture of types of lessons as well so you had you know the seven-year-olds are doing very sort of basic language and communicative activities Whereas the older children were working towards their exam at Cambridge, they take mm. um, first certificate and things. So Greece very is different. A, Greece is quite a big country for Cambridge exams. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I think it is, and I think it keeps it, it keeps Cambridge in business, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I think I think it's good. I think it's quite a tough exam for that age group. Maybe now, in hindsight, the pets would be better because first you know, it's really aimed at adults and they don't have any life experience to be able to talk about in the speaking mm. exam. But I can see it's got its place and it obviously works because it was successful with the, the school that I worked at. Um, after a year at, in Greece, I came back to Bournemouth and um, carried on teaching um, initially with the same school I'd started with. And then I moved to a different school that was bigger um, because I'd had, um, I worked in finance for a number of years the, the new place I worked at, we did a lot of business English and I really enjoyed that because it, it was using my skills mm. from a, from my previous career. And I think a lot of us appreciate that and can do that um, using transferable skills from perhaps other work that you've done. Um, and that's when I took my Trinity um, diploma in TESOL um, because I'd um, become the senior teacher there and uh, so I wanted to sort of work on my own development mm. and I like the Trinity diploma because you can work on pronunciation you know there's quite an emphasis on that. They've got a very um, tough tough isn't it is it an assignment or an exam where you have to actually write in phonemic script? Yeah it's in the <laughs> exam so with your, your examiner they will give you some um, some utterances to write down in yeah the phoneme uh, phonemic alphabet and things which mm. is quite difficult and sometimes the reverse they'll give you the the phonemic alphabet that you write in regular English script so yeah it's quite tough but you've done lots of work and preparation for it so it's you know it's not impossible it's a little bit stressful but it's not impossible <laughs> and it's not very long either it's about sort of 20 20 odd minutes so it's, it's not too long I remember I remember when I did my delta colleagues of mine were doing the trinity and it was just sort of comparing the differences I think I'm kind of glad I did delta <laughs> <laughs> I know that there is a lot of that I've seen a lot of blog posts about comparing the dip and the delta mm. and of course you're likely to have only done one and not the other so it's, it's not really that easy to compare no um, if, if you don't know too much about the other one all just, I can say is that both of them really just help you grow as a teacher Absolutely. and really it, like seltzer gives you the how whereas the the diplomas give you the why yeah absolutely yeah I, I that's a really good way to put it um it really does help you to um sort of polish your skills and develop further or focus that because the dip has a, a bit of um uh what's the word flexibility of what you want to study you can really 
um, develop your skills in your own context as well, which which I like. Um, and so I stayed at the, the business school for quite a while. And then I went into um, state provision and I started teaching English and um, numeracy at, at my local college. Um, and that was good because that was something different and I developed new skills, um, helping and supporting native speakers, mm. um, but they needed help with job applications or um, working sort of maths and English, emails, things like that. Maths is simple sort of um, calculations and things that you, you do at work. So that was a really enjoyable, completely different audience. But it, um, it was it was good to sort of try different things and use Sounds incredible. different tools. Yeah, yeah it, was. And it must have been extremely rewarding as well because you're it sort was. of giving them those life skills. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so that they could go on. They were all sort of 16, 17 years old. And so they could go on to to train further and, and get the jobs that they wanted to. Um, and then I finished there because we moved up here to Scotland. So um, we moved uh 400 odd miles uh, and came up to completely across the border into a different country um, and settled here in near Stirling in Scotland and um, up here I've worked in a couple of different schools so initially a school in Glasgow as the academic manager um, supporting the team supporting the students doing lots of different things and I really enjoyed the work mm. um, and then I worked at a slightly bigger school in Edinburgh again supporting the teachers and supporting the students with a little bit of teaching here and there i became an ielts examiner whilst i was working in edinburgh and started my masters in education um, and then i moved on to um, teach uh, sorry manage the department of english at university um, and i really enjoyed that because that's again another different type of organization different age group different um, learning needs uh, slightly different audience in a way they're working towards being able to study at university in the uk and that's a whole different um, skill set that we're wow. helping helping them with um, but at the end of the day it's still english language so you know grammar and vocabulary is important um, and I, I really enjoyed working with the team. We had a great team of teachers and it was really lovely to see the students quite long term, perhaps longer than a language school. A language mm. school, you have students for four weeks or four months, but, you know, not that long, whereas the university students are there for the whole, some of them for the whole academic year. And that's really lovely to see them develop and get ready to start their um, bachelors or their masters and I think that that's really really rewarding you know mm. um, and then um, I, I actually decided I really wanted to work from home so I took a job I <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't want to go into the office anymore didn't want to commute anymore I think you mentioned <laughs> that you, you chose your timing for that particular life choice was pretty good um, you <laughs> decided to go freelance and then COVID hit is that exactly yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so I was Did already a crystal used ball to, or <laughs> I I wish I had a crystal ball about working from home obviously not about COVID because <laughs> I think that yes yeah, so obviously all of us wish we had seen something so so dramatic coming but we didn't um so I yeah I'd, I had for quite a long time wanted to work from home because uh in Scotland uh, the commute. To, I was going to say commutes from Stirling to Edinburgh or Stirling to Glasgow. How long? Either either city is about an hour away for us. Mm. Um, Glasgow is slightly closer, and um, I don't know. It just makes the day really really long when you've got the an hour each way um, uh, before and after work. And I'm sure there will be lots of people out there doing the same and feeling feeling that pain. Um, it is difficult and it is expensive as well, you know. At least I've got our podcast to listen to to keep them company. I know I know a lot of our listeners are actually people who commute, and that's how they you know they they feel their trip with a yeah yeah with a podcast. As, um, as did I. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I got into listening more to radio programs and podcast programs um, because the, it is a brilliant way to, to take the boredom out of the the trip that it's because you're doing it every day you know that mm. it's the same same sort of thing I suppose repetition so 
um, yeah, I was delighted to take a job that was where I was able to to work from home, but still um, be with students, albeit American students and not international students learning English. Um, and I was um, sort of coordinating events and, and study events as well as um, more social events so that they could see the best of Scotland. And that was um, a great opportunity to sort of showcase Scotland and what you can do here. Um, you know, a lot of international students come to England. There are a lot of international students in Scotland as well. But I guess for a lot of people, um, London is the, the main draw to coming to the UK. So it's really lovely to say, hey, this is also what you can do in Edinburgh and Glasgow, mm. Stirling, or even further up north and the beautiful mountains and the beaches that the we beaches, have here. Yeah, yeah. Are incredible. So that was a really great opportunity. Yeah, to to do that. And ultimately for me to work from home was um yeah, a sort of a secret wish. And I was really pleased that it I was able to do that. Wonderful. Now, you are currently referred to as the Canva girl, um, and we will obviously talk about Canva a little bit later in the show, but I know that there's a lot more to Claire Hayward than just the Canva girl. Um, could you just tell listeners a little bit more about what you do? I know you do, you have obviously Hayward training. Yeah. Tell us about that. So um, I had started working from home but I did lose the, the job with the American company because American students couldn't travel here. So I did a few other things and then I started uh, Hayward training for real. I had been freelancing part-time as a teacher trainer, uh, delivering, helping to deliver the Trinity, Trinity diploma. Um, myself, after studying it uh, quite a long time ago, I became a trainer for it for a, um, an organization here in Scotland. And so I wanted to kind of further that because I knew that it was something that I found really rewarding. Um, I love being able to support the teachers. I'd done that in my role as academic manager, supporting the team, helping them with CPD, helping them with materials and ideas, doing observations. So all of that, it all sort of started to come together mm. despite, um, you know, the, um, the, upheaval and the the drama and the sadness of covid i was able to sort of take stock and think about what i wanted to do perhaps like a lot of other people you kind of things were changing and it was you know see it as perhaps an opportunity to to retrain or do something that you really love doing and so that's mm. how hayward training was uh, sort of officially formed because i wanted to make it a, a really accessible service to new teachers and um, experienced teachers helping them as um, a teacher trainer and a teacher mentor um, being i did a quite a lot of teacher training at the beginning of covid really short courses for um, people that wanted to become teachers so it's almost like a pre-celta or pre-trinity cert type of short course as an introduction but they had a they had an opportunity to micro teach and get a feel for what it's like having a a group to teach something of English, whether it's a listening skill or a piece of language or a writing skill or something like that. And that was really enjoyable, quite fast paced, but it was enjoyable. Um, and then I also turned more to mentoring and I've had a few teachers. They're quite new teachers but they have wanted some guidance with um, how classroom management is one mm. thing. So how to um, manage different students uh, who are, have different abilities, for example, and also questions like um, how to help students that need more correction um, because they, they, they've kind of got fossilized um, errors within their language and they need some help with that so we've we've looked at that with um, a couple of new teachers and also um, a I suppose a student teacher uh, one of the the girls that I helped she's based in Italy and she was teaching Italian so some of these things are quite transferable it's not always English because well, I don't know any I, Italian. I didn't know you knew Italian Claire <laughs> um, she was taking a course in so educational design mm -hmm. and so she was 
um, designing online materials and I supported her for a number of weeks with her assignments that were um, designing exercises and activities that would be digital eventually and thinking about uh, the types of tasks that you set, what information you set uh, or give should I say and then also what images you can use you know thinking also about copyright and things like that so that was quite a longer project that I supported another teacher with um, so that she would she had a better idea of what goes into the materials um, mm. what goes into the product not necessarily the technical side of things more of the educational side and what you would um, uh, include in the student materials and also the teacher materials you know like we're, we're used to having teachers books you know teacher copies um, but she had to write that as well and so it was thinking about obviously having all the answers to hand for the teachers but also any guidance of how to do certain activities or how to um, set them up and things like that so that was uh, that was a really enjoyable um, sort of short-term project with um, uh, an Italian girl that was studying at university. Mm. Brilliant and and I think that that kind of support certainly if you're at an Italian university I know because I sort of teach at one I mean my course and it's the you know the, the first year of the master's to become a teacher mm -hmm. you've got I've got 110 <gasps> students wow. so mm. although I do try and give them as much one-to-one -one feedback obviously a lot of them are attending but not not coming to class so mm. it does reduce the number of but still you've still got about 80 kind of regular people that you you have contact with it's very it, it's it's a challenge to give them that yeah. extra um input which is what they they really really need yeah yeah it's wonderful I, that they can get it um, yeah absolutely and, and that this was um during covid as well so she probably didn't have so much contact like you're saying mm. you know like a lot of universities you have a slight they had slightly less contact during the sort of the covid um, lockdown and things so it was probably an added challenge for the students themselves mm. absolutely you also do quite a lot of work with non-profits I know that you are um, on the committee for the um, IATFL teach training special interest mm -hmm. group tell us yeah. a little bit about that yeah um well it's it's a brilliant sort of thing to be able to do to give some time to um a committee one of the sigs for example at the iotefl where they um together we plan events and programs uh, i am an events coordinator for the team um there's about sort of six of us and we've all got different roles but um, helping to plan events, thinking about what our audience wants, um, what speakers might like to offer their support, um, perhaps what research is out there that also could be shared with practitioners, and also thinking about whether it's online or a face-to-face -face event or webinar, things like that. Mm. Trying to bring together the calendar so that for the members, there is something for them to learn, um, perhaps a you know almost like a a constant uh, place where they can um, get support or ask questions and things and share best practice, that type of thing. So we have a monthly teacher's lounge at the moment. We've just done a kind of a summer break, um, as most teachers are probably also on a summer break. Um, or a winter break. <laughs> or a winter break, exactly. <laughs> they're in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. So as you are, are, are what of the inner circle, you don't have to answer <laughs> this, but um, will IATF will be hybrid this year or you don't have to answer if you're not allowed to i totally understand <laughs> um i i am not sure um we are discussing it at the moment i think being hybrid would mean it it could be much more inclusive so that um the audience would be bigger or wider um i think it would be fantastic if we can do it uh, I know that they are busy planning the conference and we are busy planning our pre-conference event, our PCE day, mm -hmm. which is something like the 17th of April. So I think it's something for IATFL to think about, but other um, organizations as well that do, the, do have um, a lot of teacher development and support 
let's try and make it as inclusive as possible yeah I mean I've, I've noticed it too so I have both um yeah I think they do in Barcelona um there's there's a hybrid day, no there's an online day and then a face-to-face -face day so I think um there are different different solutions and I think given that ITAFL is international um mm. people do travel a long way yeah and if it could be more accessible um it would be wonderful for teachers around the world Claire I'm going to just stop for the news for a minute um and then we'll be back with all things Canva okay <laughs> <laughs> see you in just a second This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm starting a series on home connection speed and getting the best performance. Everybody wants the best performance for their devices at home, with more and more things needing the internet or a home network connection to provide interactivity and additional functionality, ensuring you can get a good connection is essential. Most people use Wi-Fi as their home setup, so I'll start with this and also try and explain basically how a home network works. First, let's understand what devices are doing when you add them to your Wi-Fi network. Wireless fidelity, or Wi-Fi as it's commonly known, is a high-frequency signal that's being invisibly transmitted around your home. If you have access to the signal, you can send and receive data. This is what your phone, laptop, tablets, internet-enabled TV, wireless alarms, even some door locks and fridges are connecting through to communicate and most of the time use the internet to add functionality to your ever-growing smart home. The more devices you have, the more demand is placed on your network to transmit data. Comparing your home network to the network of corridors in your school and throwing in some geeky tech words, bandwidth is the size of the corridor and dictates how much traffic or people that can be handled. Classrooms are the devices and the staff and pupils are the data the devices need. Using the school as a physical example of a network, during lesson time when everybody's in place, it's easy to travel around the network of corridors and people or data can travel at normal walking speed or faster if you're feeling the need to. On lesson change or at break time, lots of people need to be somewhere else. Pupils need to walk slower, follow rules such as walking on a certain side or in a certain direction, doorways create queues and the journey from A to B during this time can take considerably longer. This is due to the physical constraints of the corridor. It cannot get any bigger, so people need to move slower. Comparing this to your home network, bandwidth is the amount of data that can be sent at a given time. It's measured in bits per second, a bit being a one or a zero. That's binary, the computer's language. So a one megabit bandwidth means one million ones and zeros can be transmitted in a second. If you decide to look up your Wi-Fi speed, you'll find some really interesting facts, but also risk being sent to sleep. A modern Wi-Fi network on paper is capable of transmitting 1,300 megabits per second. That's 1,300,000,000 ones and zeros every second. Oh wow. There are, however, loads of factors to consider, the main one being the number of devices sharing the bandwidth at a given time. Over this series, I'll be looking at what you can do to help you get the best performance from your home network. For now, I hope you're beginning to understand what's happening on your home network and why at busy times it can slow down. Today's takeaway tip is if you need good performance, then make sure other devices are not reducing the bandwidth that you are receiving. If this has given you food for thought, I'd love to hear from you. Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech i'm steve woods and that was two minute tech two minute tech with steve woods your tech briefing on teachers talk radio if you're listening to this then we know we share one thing in common a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves that's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care we need people like you to help us achieve even more with us You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. 
We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. And welcome back, Claire. How are you again? <laughs> We're Enjoy just the having news. a quick break. <laughs> So, as as most people know you as the Canva girl, I know. As I said, there you go. That's the dog appearance. Uh, we 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 also had a quick informal chat about that. <laughs> um, Minnie always makes an appearance on the show somewhere <laughs> along the way. Claire, when did you discover Canva? So I was working with the American company. So this was twenty nineteen. And they did, uh, we were hosting events and we used Canva uh, to make our posters and things for the students. And it's great for that because it's really, there's lots of ways of making your posters eye-catching in Canva. So it's really, really helpful. Plus, uh, the team could um, access the documents so we could work as a team uh, everything stored in the cloud mm. so that was really helpful so that's when I discovered it and I just started working on it more and more and then when you uh, look even further there's so much in there for uh, teachers as well so I took a short course so I could find out a bit more about it and that's sort of how it how it started really. So that's what inspired you to create Canva for teachers Yes, because speaking to colleagues, some of them had started using Canva, but it was kind of quite one dimensional or didn't know of all the other things it does, you know. Um, so for those yeah. who for our listeners who aren't very familiar with Canva, what can we do with Canva? Well, there's a number of different things. And so I've designed the course to be for teachers and to help them with designing materials for the classroom, but also trainers or freelancers, because there's a lot that you can use with Canva for promotional aspects. So designs that you would use in social media and on the different platforms, they're very engaging if they're made in Canva, very eye-catching. You can add movement, videos, audio, for example. So they, they become quite sort of 3D. Um, you can make videos. It's a really easy to use video editing tool in Canva. And so you can use it for a lot of promotional things, whether you've uh, a school or whether you freelance. It has a huge stock of images. Uh, it has stock of audio and video as well. Or you might want to use it to design things in the classroom. So for your teaching if you're using infographics mm. that you might use for teaching certain exams uh, data and things like that that are part of infographics I find that really useful you can make certificates on there so that's really useful if you want to award your your students either as the school and the end of their English course or you might have a student of the week and you make want to make a fun informal type of certificate definitely for me with my my primaries and it was sort of like the most you know, can you do like the most effort and yeah who, who was the most helpful yeah oh wonderful who, speak, who the, speaks the, the most English <laughs> yeah exactly and there will there's lots of templates so they're already ready made and you can choose one and adapt it to your use so whether you want to use certain colors because of the branding of the school or add your school logo add your photo of you you know so you make it personal to you but there are hundreds and hundreds of templates to choose from so the choice is so wide there's so there's a huge stock of templates of all these different designs certificates facebook posts linkedin posts linkedin uh, details for your profile, for example, or videos, how to videos or um, slides and things. I'll come back to that in a second. So lots of things that you can personalize. The amount of templates in Canva is huge. I really like it because it's really easy to use. It's basically a drag and drop kind of way to design things mm -hmm. so it's a little bit different to using other software um, but it's a, a sort of very simple to use easy to get used to and the best thing is you can have a free account 
So there is a huge amount available on the free account. You can buy the pro account, but I think for a lot of people, you'll find enough um, um, enough designs and, and stock photos and things to use in the classroom or not uh, for promotion as well. You'll find enough in the free account. A lot of teachers use it for presentation. So we know that there's the usual tools like PowerPoint mm. or um, on Apple, I think it's called Keynote. But Canva, I think you can add a bit more. You can maybe keep to your branded colors, for example. You can make a video out of it so you can present. Uh, and so your face will be in the corner okay. or you, you can narrate slides. So you're kind of using it like maybe a flipped classroom that might be an idea. Or if you've got an online uh, platform, an online course, you can upload those videos to there. So there's quite a bit you can do with that as well. And I think that's really helpful either for promotion or for using in the classroom. So that there is, you know, um, a huge amount of uses within Canva, well, certainly how, how you for, use it. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of, well, some of my work was obviously we did, we, we flipped and we also, if in some cases we needed to substitute lessons with asynchronous yeah. lessons and actually, um, recording in, I found recording in PowerPoint quite difficult. I mean, it may have been the time that I, you know, I was using it and it was the first time. Um, it, Canva seems to be a lot, a lot easier to, you know, to record and, and yeah. add to. Mm. Um, I wish I'd had that. Absolutely. And something I discovered recently, um, it, I'm absolutely, it could be my equipment, but my audio recording was better through Canva than mm. other, other software. Um, and I'm using the same headphones, the same microphone, but it seemed a bit stuttery in other applications. So Canva was, I found Canva was better for that as well. So um, you know, there's lots of lots of things. It's a, it's a case of playing around with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can be useful to do a course in it to get the basics and to so you, you're not continuously playing and and not really getting anywhere. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I can say as someone who's done your course, um, you you actually point out really simple things that actually make your life a lot easier, um, and it is it's really, really helpful to just have someone talk you through it. And, mm. and um, obviously you're wonderfully supportive and it's great. Um, Thank you. I was just wondering, can you make, because I, this is something that I'm just actually have been thinking about today as I'm putting together some, some course notes. Mm. Can I, can I make, I, I often, I used to get my students to make, mind maps in Padlet. Mm -hmm. can, is there a similar function in Canva? Yeah, so you can, I've done the same. I use Padlet to add ideas to, mm -hmm. but you can do the same in Canva. Um, what you can do is if you just look in the search box in Canva for mind maps, there's a lot of templates which are similar to, you know, maybe your central idea and then you've mm -hmm. got this sort of um, the lines out of that to, to put the ideas on. Um, you know, some people call them spidergrams, you know, there's sort of different words for that type of document. But you could share the link of with that document students. with the students mm. who can then enter it and add their ideas. So it's a working document, which is creatively um, helping the students to help each other. So very mm. collaborative. Um, and it's also, they're usually very nice designs, like nice colours and things like that. There's a couple of designs that look a bit like... Um, sticky notes so little oh, yellow sticky notes or mm. green sticky notes so all quite engaging for the students but the key thing is it's collaborative as well so you just share the link and they can enter into that design well that's exactly what i want them to be doing so that's that sounds great. great thank you so much <laughs> um yes always rely on claire for cleverly <laughs> explained clearly explained tips <laughs> for teaching <laughs> Wow, it's just you're trying to help other people that have they're doing the same as as I am. You know, you're teaching, um, and you if you can just uh, supply some quick fix or top tips, uh, which ultimately is time saving. Mm. You know, but it helps somehow in your classrooms within your teaching. 
Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Claire, who are the people that inspire and influence you? Hmm. I think there's a lot and I wouldn't want on one program to name one or two <laughs> specific people. Um, I think generally uh, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm fairly active. Uh, this summer has been quite busy, so I haven't been so active as I'd like to. But um, I have noticed other freelancers, teachers, teacher trainers, um, adding their thoughts and their ideas on LinkedIn. And there are a lot of people on there that are adding really inspirational posts, readings or signposting websites or tools that we can use. And I find all of that sort of um, those that that chat, that discussion and how open it is, is really inspiring. Mm. Um, you know, some people I know personally and others less so with the the um the global you know it's a global platform a global community but that's the that's the lovely thing about it is your you might be a hundred miles away a hundred thousand miles away but you know through the platform we were communicating and messaging and the support in that has been amazing as well through and I'm only talking about LinkedIn and there are other platforms mm. that have been equally supportive and Facebook groups and things like that but where you are reaching out to people and where you're supporting each other, especially since the last couple few years have been rather challenging for yeah. a lot of us um, in, in various ways, that to me is inspirational. It's not any one person or group of people. It's that everybody has, um, has, has been able to help or support somebody else I think and it can be a small way or it can be quite a big way you know and a lot of people are looking for work a lot of people are changing their their work or changing how they work going from being in the office or the school to being at home you know face to face versus online and I think all of those anything you can get um, through something like a, a really supportive platform like that is brilliant and it's it's a it can be a five second thing but for somebody else it means the world you know mm. just just um a piece of advice or a website to try you know there's a few people on there that often post um job openings and things yeah. like that and that's you know priceless and i really like that and i find that really inspirational definitely definitely mm. and that yeah there are very very lovely people yeah in, in our yeah. profession and um i know some people say oh um there is a i mean there are the the sort of slightly negative people um yeah. but if you just ignore that there i mean yeah. it really is a pretty delightful profession yeah so, absolutely personal or life goal what how do you see the future claire <laughs> <laughs> well you know let's just hope that uh we all stay sort of positive and there there are things even after the last couple of years of lockdown I, I hope we continue and that's the sort of the online presence and again that support with each other and our teaching community for me a personal goal we live in Scotland and we have a lot of mountains and I would like to climb some more I've <laughs> climbed a few since we've been we've been here for 12 years um moving up from England about 12 years ago I would like to climb some more of course the big one is Ben Nevis but that is the highest in the UK I say that now publicly I guess I have to kind of try and keep to it so you I am just sit on your bucket list until you're ready <laughs> <laughs> I am um yeah trying to do more fitness and kind of do do things like that because you know that gives you such a great sense of achievement um i've you know i've climbed others in england and things so let's maybe try some more in scotland wonderful and professionally what do you hope to accomplish in the next year or so um so we've done quite uh, we've done a couple of canva courses and i've thoroughly enjoyed them and i've always asked for development feedback and so something i'm working on is is perhaps opening the discussions of how we use Canva. Mm -hmm. I think some of the the graduates of the Canva course have enjoyed being having a space and being able to discuss ideas with peers. Um, and I didn't appreciate 
how valuable that is to start with. You know about it in the English classroom, but when we're doing a tech kind of course, um, I I hadn't envisaged how helpful that would be. Just the the discussing, and of course, teachers and trainers they do like a good chat. They so do. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I we've think done I more would... chatting outside recording than in. <laughs> um, so I want to develop that. So I am. Um, we've got uh, hopefully uh, another synchronous course in the next month or so um, for Canva. And then, and I will continue with those, but I also want to run it as a self-study kind of mm. um, course as well. But with the add-on of having um, a regular meetup online so we can discuss our designs and tools that we're finding in Canva. The great thing about Canva is, you know, it's a fabulous free platform, but the actual um innovators themselves, the company themselves, constantly revise and revamp uh, tools within the site. So mm. they are always adding to it. So things change from time to time. Like a lot other software, you know, even like other platforms like Zoom, for example, you know, of course, the, yeah. the designers change things and add to it. So making the experience even better. Canva does this as well. So I think with regular meetups, where teachers and trainers can discuss what they use, how they use it, what tools are really useful in teaching particularly. My focus is all about teachers using it, mm. teachers and trainers using it, um, not other people and designers for social media and stuff like that who are only working on social media. So many of us are using it in the English language uh, classroom that um, I think talking about it and how we use it would be really, really helpful and might um, broaden our horizons even more with Canva. So that's sort of my aim, my business aim in the next um, six months or so. Brilliant. Is to look, make look it more, forward more accessible. to following you, definitely. Thank but, you. Um, tell us a fun fact about you that people don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, fun or ever so slightly unusual. Um, <laughs> I I started creatively writing about four years ago, and I've kept that up from time to time. And actually, as well, turned to writing poetry, which I never thought I would try or do. Wonderful, but it's really enjoyable. It's really um sort of it's really absorbing as well you know it can really take you away from the from your desk from the computer you know if you write with a pen or pencil it's it it really takes you away and I really like that it's a bit of escapism I suppose and are you planning on publishing soon oh I don't think so <laughs> you never know <laughs> you never know but it's it really sort of gets you thinking it gets you thinking of course about language um, but yeah, so it, you can just sort of flow with it. And I really like that. So that's, yeah, that's a, sort of something I do for fun. That's wonderful. <laughs> do you have a favourite quote? Um, I do. And I think this is quite an old quote. And pe perhaps a lot of people, a lot of other people would um, choose it as their favourite. Is just to live and let live. I, mm. you know, let people be or let things be what they will be rather than trying to force or change anything live and let live mm -hmm. and let's hope that we let live because <laughs> the way that the way the climate's going <laughs> i know yeah. i know there's yeah. i know and it's so much in in the in the news and through the socials that not everybody feels like that you know and i really i really don't like that at all no i know do you have a favorite film <laughs> I do um, and I watched it quite recently it's one of those oldies but goodies that you you watch it again and you think gosh it's good I love the uh, the film Jaws <laughs> oh, really <laughs> no, no, it's, a bit, it's not fun no um, and you know and I remember watching it about I seven when I was about it. seven and I was absolutely scared witless but it's you know 
sort of good over evil, you know, even though I actually really like sharks. <laughs> um, and, you know, we always say, oh, would you go down in that in that cage, you know, down in the water to, to face it, um, face the shark face to face? No. <laughs> I, I would love to do that. Really? <laughs> Um, I, oh, you're very brave. Well, I don't know. They're fascinating creatures and we've got a lot to learn from them. I think they're amazing. But I mean, you know, there's some good, well, a few jokes in, in, in Jaws, but it's about the sort of the community. I quite like that. And and the job that uh, the police officer has to do. And, you know, oh, it's yeah, it's good. Uh, and of course, it's quite an old film now, but it's, yeah, it's, I quite like it. We watched it literally about three weeks ago and I thought, God, you know, that's such a cracking film. And you've inspired <laughs> me to watch it again. Okay, we know that you have canvas superpowers. If you could have another superpower, what would it be? Oh, golly. Um, probably to swim underwater without equipment. <laughs> Because I, I do, I do really like swimming. Just going, I, just going down to check up on the sharks. See exactly, how exactly. <laughs> I, that, I'd love to do that. And I love like, um, I can't scuba dive, but I like snorkeling and things like that. It would be fantastic to be able to breathe underwater. Mm, true. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> it would also take away a lot of worry and fear if you could. <laughs> <laughs> okay well Claire I'm going to have to to I mean we could, we could keep going for the next hour or so it has just been so lovely talking to you as always and please do come back and and tell us more as absolutely thank you Jane thank you as for your inviting training me. as your training and wonderful work with Canva evolves it's really really wonderful that you're doing this and you're helping people and as always, lovely, lovely to have a chat to you. Thank you, Jane. It's lovely to chat to you <laughs> as well. <laughs> Take care and enjoy the rest of your summer. Stay cool. Um, I'll try. <laughs> Not going very well at all, but um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. And that was Claire. And so now you know the difference between, or you now know the, the link between Canva and Jaws. It is in fact her favorite film. That's about it from me for today. Um, I hope you are all staying cool. We've got rain on its way. I can't wait because it hasn't rained here for months. Um, until next week, um, I'm still waiting for confirmation from my guests, but I'm sure um, it's going to be fun. So look out for Harry this afternoon. And Harry, take care. Hi, Tom. Hi, Emma. Um, thanks for listening. And I will see you all next week or hear you all next week. Take care and have a lovely day, everyone. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.